0: Chris Aiken Presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken. joined by, from the Talk To Me con- podcast, Mr. Josh <laughs> Toomey. and But it doesn't matter who I'm joined no. by to do this. It, it matters who we're doing this with. A true legend of the world of heavy metal, uh, the mighty legendary drummer of Sepultura, of Cavalera Conspiracy, of every band you've ever heard in the world of metal. He <laughs> is Mr. Igor Cavalera. Igor, how are you, sir?
1: Hello, guys. Uh, great to be here, man.
0: Excellent. Well, it's great to have you, Igor, and it's great to have you on. Um, what I will say is a monumental tour for you guys. I mean, you you've done tours, you know, for thirty years, and you've you've had so many great releases. But really, I think for the hardest core Sepultura fans, this is the tour everybody wanted to get: the Beneath the Remains and Arise highlights. So. You know going into this uh what made you guys decide that now was the time to actually focus on these two records and bring it to the people well i, I have to say it came from a, a fan perspective okay
1: i remember when me and max were talking about doing these gigs you know not only beneath a rise but also when we did roots at first i was a bit uh, hesitant on the idea because I like to move into the future, think of new things, and, and as a as a natural thing. But then something happened uh, here in London where I live. Uh, I went to see Black Flag, Okay. which is a band that I, I've been a fan since I was a little kid in Brazil. And, of course, I never had a chance to see Black Flag. They never came to South America back in the days. And I got to see them now where they are pretty hitting their sixties, 60s, sixties uh, 60s plus. Sure. And it was amazing. I came out of that show really satisfied and that gave me a lot of uh, inspiration to, to do these gigs because not only there were some people that were not there when we toured those two records, but also there's people that were not even born when when those records were made or even uh on the road so if i can get the same satisfaction that i got when i saw black flag i never had a chance and and that's that's when i hit max and i was like look man this is this is cool because at the end of the day you know no matter what what's going on we still have the energy we still have the passion to to play these records to play the songs that we wrote together and enjoy each other's you know presence on stage still so let's do it so that was the 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 basic idea behind playing these records you know going on the road and and doing something that i think it means a lot to us personally but also for a lot of people who come see us you know
0: sure certainly well, well, um, Igor, the ba- thinking back to that time and specifically Beneath the Remains, I vaguely remember. I, I more or less dis- discovered the band on a rise. But I, I remember hearing of the band and from reading about it and whatnot. Roadrunner signed you guys at this point for Beneath the Remains, but it really doesn't seem like they put a lot of effort into it. They didn't put a lot of money into it. I know that they, they did you guys on kind of a low budget deal for Beneath the Remains and it was at the same time that you guys kind of switched from being almost a death metal band to having a little more I don't know groove or elements that were a little more you know workable to the public so thinking back to that time yourself what what was going through you guys' head as a band were you trying to change the sound or is it just the way you grew or what
1: yeah i mean it's very well pointed that we were an experiment somehow with Roadrunner it wasn't like a band that they believe a hundred percent it was a band that they were trying to see what could happen to it because we were a very underground Brazilian band that was starting to get some recognition outside of Brazil so it was a big uh I think it was a big thing for them to to sign us but like you said, it was not like a huge, you know, amount of money put into campaigns or whatever things. But at the same time, for us it was amazing because we first we had a a chance to do things differently than just focusing on the South American market and South American fans. We could do something that it was distributed a lot more all over the world and, and with Roadrunner at the time, of course they were on the top of their game doing those kind of things. And musically, I think it was a combination. Of course, like if we talk about Morbid Visions or, or Schizophrenia, they they still have more of a, of a death metal approach to it. But I think Beneath the Remains, it's a mix of, of still the death metal sounds. There's a lot of that stuff in there, especially... Also, because we recorded with Scott Burns, which we were huge fans of, of stuff that he did with a lot of American death metal bands. Sure. So it, there was still a bit part of that. But also, it was different influences coming in, you know, from, from thrash metal, from, uh, of course, as always, punk rock and, and hardcore and all those things. So, again, it, it was... Uh, a lot of uh, ideas and a lot of things that we wanted to put in the record. Not only speaking for myself as a, as a drummer, but as a as a band in general.
2: Now, Igor, talk a little bit about uh, you know signing to Roadrunner. Obviously, growing up in Brazil, hearing of Roadrunner and, and the bands that they were putting out. You know, how crazy was that for you guys at the time to get an American label as 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 well respected as roadrunner to to want to sign you guys and then also send scott burns to you guys and you know record uh, beneath the remains you know at night and things like that
1: yeah i mean a lot of cool uh, memories from that time uh like you said scott burns was such an amazing engineer and producer and of course like we knew exactly what we wanted with uh, beneath the remains we already had a bit more of an experience with schizophrenia, where I think that was like our first step on where we're becoming more aware on how to get the sound that we wanted. So Scott Burns was a very important part of that. So the faster we could get to those sounds, the more creative we could be with our takes, you know, when it came to recording in the studios. So that was that was a cool combination between Scott and us. And of course, like it was a crazy album because we, because of the budget, again, we had to record during the night hours at the studio. During the day, they had a different band doing the stuff there. So every we at the end of the day, we would show up and stay there until the morning, and, which was a, a a cool thing, but also very different than we were used to. We were used to to play all day, you know, go to a, a garage and just play for hours and hours, but not really a, like a night thing. So it was a bit of a, a switch in our mentality, but it was also cool because there was something new and we were focused 100% on, on making Beneath the Remains.
2: As a drummer, was that tough for your body? I mean, obviously you were kids, we were all kids back then, but I mean, it was tough on your body to be, you know, doing drum tracks at 5 a.m.?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, like when we talk about something that is that physical, you know, when, when it comes a certain night, hour at night, I think your body clock is it's telling you you should go to bed and not be playing, like, double bass madness, you know, over, <laughs> over a time limit that you have to finish these things where, again, we were under the clock, you know, we had to finish, we had, like, a, a deadline in the studio. Scott only had a certain amount of days that he could stay in Brazil with us. So all those things were a lot of pressure. And also, part of that also make you work extra so you you could then sleep during the day and and do things. But it it was different as a drummer when it hits like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and you need to be
0: very sharp on, on your beats, you know. Right on. Well, well, Igor. Obviously, the record came out. You guys toured. You toured the world. You toured. You you toured the states. You played fifty or sixty odd shows, I believe, in the states for that. And then you go back and you do a rise, and a rise just blew up for the band. You know, it obviously is the one where a lot of people discovered Sepultura for the first time. Um, and I know I saw you for the first time at the Omni, and. Oakland with uh, sacred Reich and, and, you know, a couple of bands were the bands can, were they, were they friendly to you as, as you went into the show? Cause you were kind of an outsider, you know, you guys weren't from America. You were, you were from Brazil. You, you didn't know all those people, were they, were they accommodating to you, you know, as you guys started touring, you know, the States with a rise.
1: Yeah, I mean, we when we tour with uh, Beneath the Remains, we did a lot of like really cool connections. And then, of course, when it came arise, it is when we we really hit the road for real. That's that's I think probably the the album that we tour the most, that we did most shows out of our whole history. So, sure. so that was something that it was tough, but at the same time. It was amazing to be out and and to do And every time we finished a tour, of course, more and more invitations came to play festivals, to play things, and and we couldn't say no to that. So that was something that kept us rolling from one tour to another, all the way to to the point that we are kind of like getting worried of how we're going to start writing the next record, because it was just like, oh, shit, we want to do this tour that's coming up and and but then again, it was something also that gave us a lot of experience to know exactly what we wanted to do on the next record you know
0: sure were, were you surprised by the the success of a rise because it, it it was so much heavier i mean I, I if I remember right which i'm pretty sure I do that was that at that time there was heavy music was still pretty underground and and it wasn't until Metallica kind of brought it down a little bit with the Black Album, right around the same time, that the real heavy music exploded, like Sepultura, like Cannibal Corpse, etc. That's when that really took off. So, for you guys, were you surprised at how well A Rise was was uh, received?
1: Yeah, I don't know if "surprised" this is the the right word. You know, I mean, of course, like we we were aware of, of how that album set with the other stuff that was coming out at that time. But then again, that doesn't really mean a lot. I have uh, some of my favorite records. There were records that were not as successful as I think they should have been. Sure. So it, it is of a tough, uh, a tough situation where, of course, you expect to do as, as good as, as you can. But also, there is a lot of things that need to be aligned, you know, like certain ideas, people thinking on the same direction. And, and like you said, I think it was a, a bit of a more opening to underground metal to, to become a bit more popular at that time, you know. So it, it was a combination of those things that make us believe that Arise could be a very successful album. As it was you know all all those things were kind of like dictating where our ideas were going with it
2: now going back to the recording of Arise you guys go to the states this time to more sound you know proper and record with Scott Burns there and you have a little bit more of a budget and you know where you can take a little bit more time with the drum sounds and getting in there and getting uh, everything everything right I mean, kind of talk a little bit about that side of it you know getting in there and actually being able to really focus on your drums for rise
1: that was amazing man of course uh going to a studio at that time you know which was more sound it was like the mecca for death metal for aggressive music you know like and of course being there and i remember like rehearsing for a few days on the same kind of like spot where a lot of other death metal bands rehearse like morbid angel and other bands so that was super cool and then having the equipment that we had a chance you know to to work with which is like amazing drums amazing drum heads that were not beat up from other bands playing on it right. you know right. things that somehow they do make a difference when you when you're doing an album so all those things for me were like a, a new thing that I was starting to get used to it, where where it was very different than in Brazil when we had to kind of like improvise a lot to to get things done. So that was a, a, a super cool experience for me, and also learn a lot from how Scott Burns was taking his time to get the best drum sounds of it. You know, like how he was micing the stuff and and putting certain tricks to it all that for me it was very special it was a very special time
2: and as chris alluded to a second ago i mean i rise you start doing tours you start doing bigger tours and one uh, massive show you guys did that time was the rock and rio uh you know being a little band from 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 brazil and then getting to play rock and rio with like guns and roses and megadeth and judas priest and all those bands i mean talk talk a little bit about you know getting to that stature at that point
1: I mean for us it was like a, b- a dream come true because the first Rock in Rio I remember had all these really cr- crazy bands you know like Ozzy and Iron Maiden coming like in the 80s so for us to get invited to play even though like we were probably one of the first Brazilian metal bands to to ever do that stuff it was it was crazy we played during the day i remember like being so excited to be at the festival and also playing of course side by side with all those big names that was great but also a huge feeling of, of playing at our home you know that was also very special because we of course like we played during a rise you know with with really cool festivals like dynamo in, in holland and, and and others like that but rock and real of course it, it's like a a massive festival compared to anything we had done in the past
0: sure well well igor you know going talking about the live show with you guys and i like i said i saw it for the first time in 91 and what i remember most about that and and even going forward was you guys were just fucking menacing live i mean you guys were (laughs) so vicious live did you find that other bands wanted to play with you guys or almost didn't want to play with you guys because they really had to elevate their game to play with you
1: i i think you're right you know there was there were bands that would be super excited to to have to step up their game and right. and there were bands who were scared and wouldn't take us you know on, on tour at that time you know we had a lot of cool ideas of touring with with certain bands, and f- and we kept getting a no for an answer. And and then of course we had other bands that we we did tours, and they were more than happy to have like a, a strong Brazilian hungry band coming on stage and really putting a hundred percent into it, and that would somehow motivate them even more to kick ass. And that's how I look at it. You know, I think it's. It's important to think about as a as a whole show, a whole package. You know, you got you want to have bands that kick ass. You can't be relying on on, on a band that it's not as powerful as you to make you look powerful. You know, I think that's that's very weak. You know, but it, it was sure. the case at times where where we knew that certain bands were not really uh, up to the task. You know.
0: Sure. And one last question about Arise, I've always meant to ask you or Max this, this cover, I don't know what the hell this is, but um, (laughs) I, I, I certainly know at that time, it had to be unbelievably difficult to get this through because that was, that was right at the height of when they were trying to censor everything and mark everything. What is this and how did you get it through and was there blowback on this cover?
1: Well, I remember, like, one of the things that we asked from the original, the first draft that we had from this, instead of the brain, they had a, an egg with, with all the <laughs> stuff coming out of the egg. And I remember right. Max was saying, like, oh, I don't know if egg, it's metal enough. We should change <laughs> that for a brain. And then we asked Michael Whelan, you know, the, the, the artist, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm cool with changing that for a brain. But one of the funniest things we heard at that time when the album came out, and it was uh, Chuck from death, he said that that album was like a seafood nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. Yeah, and we were like, we'll take that, you know. But the thing, again, it, it was also, for us, it was also very interesting also to bring certain elements that were like that it, it will make you think differently you know You've, of course like we had in the past album covers with you know demons and things like that sure. but i think this makes you trip a little more you know and, and that's something that i love with a lot of vinyl that i buy to this day it, it's to put the record and and kind of like go on a trip into the artwork and i think uh, this album definitely does that
2: now, one last question for me on this whole on this whole thing. And I know you and Max have kind of patched it up many years ago. But is it still as special for you to get in a room with him and you know just to play these songs again with him and just to see him and and you know bring that uh, family back?
1: It is, man. It is. It's something that it's a very special, and uh, it's something that I, I don't take it for granted. You know, like it. You know, like if I think about the Abbott bar- brothers from Pantera. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and and people like that that couldn't have a chance to be doing what I'm doing right now with my brother, which is like going on stage and playing music or even, you know, someone like Van Halen, like Eddie, now it's gone. So if we talk about brotherhood, it's something that I I, I take very seriously. Every time we go on tour, I'm really proud of, of what we do and I have. A blast with my brother you know like I think the older we get the the more fun we have with this sure
0: is there any chance of a show a show a record anything a song with yourself Igor jr. Richie and Max a true Cavalier conspiracy yeah I mean that's that's something that
1: always in in different ways they, they come and do things with me and Max. And of course, like, uh, my brother has a very uh, creative uh, family, you know, with between his mm-hmm. kids and stepkids. So, yeah. So it's something that it is possible, you know. Like, we, we have a, an amazing relationship with the kids. And we always invite them on stage to do things, you know, here and there. But uh, to put all of them together, it's something that I think eventually it's going to
0: happen very good man well for now um for now igor what is definitely going to happen is this new tour return beneath arise uh featuring the music of beneath the remains and arise and it starts may the 22nd in albuquerque new mexico goes for what six weeks i believe and um where should we tell people to go to keep up with um with you and get tour dates and all that stuff
1: I think nowadays the channel that it's kind of like uh, working the best it's probably Instagram. Okay. You know there is the there is the Cavalera Conspiracy uh, Instagram official and then also the one that I, I do with with my stuff with all the drumming with different projects and stuff it's uh, Igor Cavalera, so I think between those two we can keep uh, our friends and fans updated of, of stuff that it's coming up and uh, of course. During the tour, I'm going to try to do as much as I can as far as like live streaming and and little special things. So going live and and, and trying to give a bit of an update on on, on life on the road with us.
0: Excellent. Well, one more time, the tour, Return Beneath the Rise, begins May the 22nd in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I certainly advise everybody that is a metal fan to find out the closest city and make the drive if it's not in your city, because this is... This is one of those that you really, really have to experience. So Igor, um, once again, man, thank you for coming on Crusader Presents, man. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: What's going on, everybody? It's Chris Aiken, and just wanted to share a very limited edition of autographed books that I found that I am selling right now over at Chris Aiken Books. I've got this one. I know it doesn't look like it has anything on the cover, but it's got a lot inside. This is my book, Cause and Effect Metallica, about the Metallica Black Album. It's uh, one of my more successful books, and I ran out of copies long ago to sign and sell but I found a few, and I do mean very few. So if you want one, there's like, uh, I don't know, maybe five of them that are available for sale as of today. So get it now over at chrisakenbooks.com, ChrisAikenbooks.com, cause and effect Metallica on sale now. It is Chris Aiken Presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and I am thrilled, and I do mean thrilled, to be talking to one of the absolute legends of heavy metal. Uh, we interviewed his brother recently, now it's his turn to step into the step into the hot seat to talk about this brilliant new tour that's coming out there, uh, Return Beneath the Rise. It is a tour celebrating the classic albums Beneath the Remains and Arise from the Mighty Sepultura. And uh, joining us right now is the leader of the pack. It is Mr. Max Cavalera. Max, how are you, sir?
3: Oi! How are you doing, my brother? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great, man.
3: We're well, Max, I, I,
0: I got to tell you right off the bat, man, this is, if this is, if there's not, if there's a better tour than this coming this year, I don't know what it is, because this is literally the set for me anyway. This is the out uh, this is the time frame that transferred myself from a hair metal kid to a full metal kid, you know. And right, and I and I will say in large part it was due to you guys, man. It was certainly due to a rise for me. A rise was the record that kind of flipped me, but uh it really flipped a lot of kids, not just myself. So For you man looking back at it talk about that time and the importance of the band and if you even knew that it was as important as it was to everybody else
3: um no man had like at that time we're just trying to make uh the best i mean there was a lot of pressure on beneath the remains because it was was kind of like you know uh, by that time i've been in a band already for about 10 years and right if we've been busting, busting balls, like to, to real working hard, um, you know, doing things like I, I, I went to America on a on a on a flight on a free flight as a Pan Am employee with my hair pulled back on a cheap <laughs> suit, you know, trying to look normal, right. uh, All these, those are those are metal sacrifices that you gotta make, you know, um, and then, um. Yeah, kind of like we hear our calling, you know. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Roadrunner wants you guys to make a record, so we can't fuck this up. We have right. to, this is gotta be like the the best shit we can make right now. The best record, the best music, the best full of attitude, full of raw power, you know. So, um, yeah, so I I feel very similarities on beneath the remains and soul fly one it's kind of crazy those sure. two records were the two those two most maybe most difficult records i ever made was was those two and perhaps there are some of the best stuff i've done as well I don't know but um I feel very uh, very privileged in this uh, time of my career I get to Play those those records. Sure. I get to like celebrate them. You know that's more that's more the best the word I was looking for. It's a celebration. It is a celebration okay. of of these records. Meaningful to so many people, fans all over the world. Bands that I talk to, they all love. Beneath the Remains arise, kind of like a sure. like a gateway. Uh, was those those are kind of gateway records and they, from you know from that they they went into even harder or more into death harder death metal and stuff but i love the thing that we were doing we were a bit kind of like mad scientists putting death metal trash metal sure uh and hardcore because we we're drinking from those three like if there was a fountain drink it said death metal trash metal and, and hardcore punk we were like sure you know making making a suicide drink right well so, it, uh,
0: well and, and it's really interesting max I, I mean I'll tell you just a real quick story there there was a little re- heavy metal record store in Seaside California called metal mania and the guys that owned that store were like really into the real deep underground stuff and I thought that metal started and ended with Metallica and Megadeth, you know, that, that was what I thought metal was. And I remember they handed me eaten back to life, cannibal corpse, and I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. Then I got a rise and then it kind of bridged me to it. It literally was like heavier than anything I had heard, but wasn't quite it it had a little bit of melody or something in it that just made it different and i think i'm not alone in that man i think a lot of people discovered the band on either beneath the remains or arise but it really did break us through to where underground metal wasn't maybe as far underground as it had been
3: previously is that fair uh that seems about right you know because i think that you know what we had like i said we had elements of, of, of the death metal stuff and elements sure. of trash, but we were not only a trash band because those are very trash bands. Especially the vocals are much more higher range. Right. You know, if, you, if you think about um, stuff like uh, I don't know Exodus and and uh, Deaf Angel or, or Overkill, um, so my voice was a bit more like on the coming from Lemmy kind of thing, you sure. know? Like grasp, but you can still hear the words. You know, those like sure those, like you can understand the words and, and and had hooks, which I think is very important. Like sometimes I think metal sometimes I hear some metal and, 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 and they don't have any, any any hooks. Like what happened to the hooks? You gotta have that fucking sing along that
2: you just grab right. your
3: buddy and you grab and hug your buddy and both of you sing together, you know? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, like like mass hypnosis or, or uh, uh, inner self or beneath the remains. You know, like right. that, ar- ar- arise that ho- those hooks. Sure. Um, but but yeah, there is. But there is also melody. Like we work on the stuff. So like so the solo parts we add melodic background riffs in the back. Uh-huh. So was. I think it was kind of like a buffer between death and trash, you know, and that's, and then it kind of became his own style in a way, you know, there's sure. there's a lot of, you know, death trash out there now, you know, which is, it's, which I, I think is really cool. Um, For example, is the 200 Step Wounds, to me, they are kind of, they're more linked into death metal, but when I listen to them, I feel a lot of trash from the riffs. I can hear a lot of trashy thrash, riffs and, trashy grooves um right so i know i know they i know they were definitely influenced by that era of metal and uh yeah i, I think it's 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 fair to say it was like it was it was kind of like you know um wild wild west nobody really sure. knew what, what they were doing everybody was kind of like finding trying to find something uh we found these and we ran with it man this is this is that's why these two records especially are so cool together. They're, sure. Almost can be one record. Uh, that's the era of Sepultura that was mostly kind of like the same. Because then after that, you got Chaos and Roots, they're completely different animals. But, right. And then earlier than that, you have Morbid Vision, which is more on a Black Metal side. So I think Beneath the Remains and Arise is definitely uh, the Death thrash element came to focus. And I- sure. I, I said that to a lot of people I think to me I rise the song is the perfect death trash song perfect right. like there's nothing you can do to make it better <laughs> you will only fuck it up um and right. it's just like it's it's to the teeth perfect executed the riffs the, the 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 vocal the drums everything man. Like that's death trash. If you want to know, right, uh, what 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 death trash sounds like, arise the song Arise is like a short example of, of what death trash is,
0: sure. And, and you know, what, what's interesting to me, Max, is that it from reading about it, and again, I, I discovered the band on Arise, so I, I wasn't real familiar with Beneath the Remains, I went back and found it, but from what I've read. Roadrunner, even though they invested in it and and put, you know, signed you guys and put out Beneath the Remains, it doesn't sound like they were all the way sold. What, you know, they didn't give you a ton of money. They didn't, they didn't put, you know, their full force behind it as they did on Arise. What was it between Beneath the Remains and Arise that convinced Roadrunner to really invest in Sepultura?
3: I, I have to totally totally give that credit to Gloria being the manager. Okay. She was like really smart because she was fighting for us to be on the road where mm-hmm. the label was trying to telling us, um, don't don't why are you playing Russia? Why are you playing Poland? You know those those markets, they don't matter. nobody cares. And she was like, no, I'm trying to make these guys international, you know, like right. I, I want them to go everywhere, anywhere. Uh, so that was a killer vision that she had. And, and the Arise tour specifically, was one of the longest tours I ever done that just something like 280 shows. Right. Um, I don't know, you, you can look it up, but it's crazy. It's a, it's a crazy number like that. Uh, and, and then because of all that work, because you're totally right, on Beneath the Remains, and that's before we were working with Gloria, uh, I remember at one point Roadrunner gave us $5 for a week. For a week! <laughs> How the fuck do you live on $5? Like I remember buying a bag of Doritos and buying a Gatorade. It's like, yeah, I got $1 left and it's only Tuesday. We, just, she's gotta, we gotta make we gotta make you to fucking Sunday you know uh, right. so, so it, yeah it was brutal it was brutal and uh, uh, thank god we found her man she came in and reorganized our contract and made a better deal so we got proper money coming in and we could set up nice tours so we did really really cool tours The New Titans on the Block were one of my favorite tours uh, Sepultura Napalm Sick of It All sure. Um, Second Reich, and and that led to us doing opening other to other bands like Pantera and Ministry and Ozzy and Sabbath and Oz, sure. you know, later on Ozfest. But okay. uh, you know, it was, it was definitely definitely big big credit to her to have the vision, because um, definitely like it's, it, we didn't was not just us. It's not. You cannot just do that by yourself. And only the music is not strong enough. You gotta have passionate people working for you. Um, People that at at three in the morning, when all you all sleep, she's on the phone making contacts, making arranging tours and things like that. So that's uh, you know, I think that together we we had a really cool crew. Our crew was. I always joke. I said, man. I wish we had, a like, a camera that filmed those guys around. It would have been the right. best reality TV. Uh, <laughs> jackass got nothing on, this, on the Sepultura the crew. <laughs> right.
0: That's awesome.
3: There were some, some fucking animals on that road crew. Just Hell, yeah. Those fucking crazy, some crazy guys. But all of that, man, you know, it was, like, it was a lot of hard work. Uh, but also a lot of fun because we were just living the dream you know playing music traveling the world as a young man i was like 22 23 sure i was living it up man and i and and i was a little bit out of control i was was like drinking hard and like i i i I live it to the fullest i party hard i play hard i play hard I, i work hard and i play hard you know that's right that's the best way to describe it
0: Sure, sure. I wanted to go back to the um to the new the new Titans tour. That was the first time I actually got a chance to see. You. I saw you at the Omni in Oakland. So, what what amazed me about not only that tour, but seeing seeing Sepultura several several times after the fact, you guys were so fierce live. I mean, you guys were just violently violent, like, and on that tour, you guys were clearly Miles above the other bands, and that's not to disrespect the other bands. But you guys were just so heavy and so vicious. Did you did you find on that tour that you were blowing the other bands out, or did you feel like you were elevating those bands to raise their game to your level?
3: We never really play with that mentality. Um, okay, let's blow people off. I, at, at least me I never n- never felt that I needed that I, I was I was motivated by um actually I'll play better when I saw all the guys from the other bands on the side of the stage okay head, thrashing, head banging feeling sure. with you which is a that's a really cool brotherhood of metal they exists and it still exists today you know which is really cool you know I was watching uh uh Many many bands that were the toxic Holocaust and Nile, uh, two hundred stab wounds, and then later they watch us. And there's something that happened with a musician when you have a guy watching you, you play better. Sure, <laughs> you just uh, <laughs> rather than I hate when nobody is watching you from the side of the stage. I always hated that, and uh, it, it happens sometimes. sometimes like. Uh, i don't know not very often most of the time there are some people on the side of the stage um but a couple times there was like there's nobody there and it feels very like just feel very cold and like what's going on here um but i noticed at that time man we were like we just on fire like i remember i i was kind of like the tasmanian devil man it's like uh gloria was actually my bartender Um, Right. (laughs) She would mix me like a couple of screwdrivers, orange juice, and vodka. Sure. um, And that, just hitting that with the. But a lot of times it was was just just playing sober too. Like you didn't have to 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 drink to play. Like uh, you know, sometimes it helped be a little bit get extra crazy. But uh, it's not something that I needed all the time. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, music is always the, the main the main thing always, but right. yeah, um, at that at those fucking shows you just play better when you have your peers watching you, uh, and then when you really have like Aussie watching you, then you you're out, oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> then it's then it's almost like you're too nervous to play good, you know? Right? <laughs> oh shit! But I remember the, the the early shows. Um, The Omni, I think that was the first time or second time went to the Omni. Metallica guys show up. Sure. So you know, I remember picking. I heard they were there, so you know, I went. I went try to look around. I saw them entering, and and okay, James had the shave head. Yeah. The 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 side shave heads with the ponytail, the leather jacket. I was like, oh shit, oh (laughs) shit, they're here this is gonna be awesome fucking you know we're gonna fucking root tonight and uh yeah those are those are exciting shows man you know like when you get to meet uh cool people come to see you you know it's, it's still today it blows my mind that, that uh sometimes people that show up from from out of the blue i think there was a soul flight show two couple years ago uh beef from uh, saxon show up and I, I thought it was okay that was cool it was cool as hell like being a big sure. heavy metal fan like nerd i was like oh shit. that's <laughs> that's beef from saxon beef Bixon. you know it's like it's so cool you know um but uh yeah you know i think you just play better and uh but sure. you I, you would never had that mentality uh you have okay. to blow away or humiliate the opening bands nah none none of that ever it's more like a actually i like the friendship between the band that's kind of why i do i do a lot of jams with a lot of the bands that play with us i end up doing jams with them because i wanted to create kind of atmosphere where everybody feels part of it and and it's not not competition but sure more like more like we're in this together you know we were all rejected by society so we, we should all stick together man we'd be stronger than if we if we fight one another yeah shit like that that's what people...
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the glory days man and and, and you're right man I, I mean i i'll point to a, a different show a little later in your career one one of the absolute best shows i ever saw was it was um biohazard you guys in uh, pantera on i guess that would have been what chaos ad tour
2: and right, yeah. um
0: and you at midway through your set you guys were kind of the mid slot and midway through your set phil came out and was playing some kind of drums or something and was singing with you and you know the the pantera guys kind of wandered out on stage and were playing with you and it really was like a like a camaraderie thing, not only with you guys, but the way that you guys interacted with the fans as well. You guys kind of brought us all into the show as well. It was just a unique experience to say the least.
3: I always felt that that was always the best way to, to connect to, to the fans is to get them to be, to feel as part, as involved as they can be. You know, um, of course you can't you can't bring everybody onto the stage, but here and there, uh, a lot of time when we did the drum jam, I, I did that for years. I bring up like from the front row, I'll pick a guy up from the front row, come here, man. You come in with me, right? Oh motherfucker. <laughs> um, and give him some sticks, and sometimes the guys no rhythm at all, like oh worse, like like cannot even keep a beat, man. Right. Um, but it's he's so excited, man. He's like, this is the the like this, you can see in their eyes, they're like, this is the the, the best second of my life right now, you know? Right. Um, there was even one guy, one time in the Soulfly show, uh, I, I told him to come to the stage to play drums. We had the drum set up. He was trying, security was fucking with him. But he finally jumped, so he jumped from the bar- barricade but he broke his leg. He landed on oh. his leg, and the fucking knee came out of his fucking leg. And ah. I'm looking at I'm looking at this guy's knee. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, I can see your knee, man. Oh, I see, I see your white bone. There's like blood and bone. And he's like, I want to do the drum. I want to do the drum. I'm like, here's the stakes. Fuck, let's go. <laughs> so. He finished the drums on his knees with a bloody oh fucking God. bone out. It's like out to the hospital right after that. Wow! <laughs> but I, it made it made his night, man. It was fucking. That was some. That was a brutal, brutal um, uh, thing to see. But it was it was cool. Like commitment, sure. you know, like so 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 awesome. But yeah, but we tried to make uh people be part of it. that. Those tours were were so cool. Like the Pantera, Biohazard, sure, uh. Yeah cuz we're always hanging out with with uh, dime dimebag trying to get everybody to drink. Right. Uh, 10 in the morning man waking up in a hotel like let's do it. <laughs> let's go do a shot like 10 in the morning dime we have to play like 10 hours from now you know I don't right. give a shit let's go you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we, not, how all of us didn't die from alcohol poisoning on that tour sure. it's a miracle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, that was a uh, that was a great tour. That's when we, we we did the drum jam and the Pantera guys would come. Sure. there's some there's some cool videos of that on third World posse. The, the okay. second tour, there's one in Red Rocks. Uh, we're doing the, the drum jam at Red Rocks, and it's you know the Red Rocks such a cool venue. with sure. all in Col- Colorado, you know, like where uh-huh. you two play. Uh, but yeah, few Phil, Phil does the jam, and then he. Flips off the camera, when he's done, you know, so it's like the <laughs> classic feel. Sure. Uh But yeah, we did the drum jam with many cool people. there's one with Rage Against the Machine in Europe. We did one with okay. them. Um, we have done with a lot of um, uh, a lot of other bands. Um, Helmet. We have done with with uh, um, a lot a lot of the the. the A lot of guys that we end up playing on tour uh, in Europe, you know, it's always the the drum jam always invites people and makes people part of the show. So that's, uh, that's, that's always been cool.
0: Absolutely. Well, well, Max, looking back at the early days, I want to go back to beneath the remains and arise. Was there a band that helped you that you feel like brought you guys to the next level? Was there a band, whether it's taking you out on tour or just, you know, promoting you in interviews or what or what have you was there one of those bands that really helped you or do you think it was just really people discovered you you know from organically
3: well a lot of it organically and I still think even to even to, to this day that um, yeah, Sepultura. I don't know maybe because we're I, I don't know from another country or something but never really got included in the in the the, the big magazines and the big media so it was, mm-hmm. was really about the fans you know it was the right. fans fans were like the ones that were even today they're always there you know like you can count on them you don't need the fucking you don't need the fucking grammy uh to to be a badass you know right um so so i love that i love that i it's, it's almost like no way. Cooler like that. Maybe it's like something more special that is really for from the fans, um, and you really didn't need help from these big places to get up there. Sure. Um, there's been a couple of musicians that definitely help us out. That was cool. Uh, people like Al Jorgensen, there's this Jorgensen, There's this killer MTV interview where he talks about Sepultura. Like this is the new Sepultura is the new thing. They're gonna they're gonna okay. come and destroy their 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 badass Dave Grove gives some major props uh, back in the nirvana days you know Sure. They were, they were, nirvana was it got re, they got real big so when he mentioned sepultura people pay attention sure. uh, and uh, and then of course the, some some of the uh, um some of the some of the Metallica guys Jason used to wore the sepultura shirt all the time mm-hmm. and uh, sure uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like, but in a way, we never really got the, uh, I guess the, the media exposure that some of these other bands end up getting, but we made it anyway because of the fans, and, uh, and, and that's something that's uh, that's to me is more special because of that. Sure, you know,
0: absolutely. Well, Max, you guys are obviously getting ready to go out on this tour, beneath the return, beneath the rise. Starts uh, May twenty second in Albuquerque, and um, you just announced what the other last week, I guess, um, the addition of uh, Mike from Soulfly and um, Dan from Possessed as your band. You know how did those guys end up being chosen for the tour?
3: Well, Mike's cool because Mike comes from Havoc, man, and Havoc is a killer trash band. Love them. Um, And and uh, you know Mike's a a great treasure, bass player. He just rips like right headbangs, plays with like real real guts, you know. And and then of course uh, Daniel Gonzalez. That was like, yeah, I was when I told my brother that'd be cool if you can get Daniel on this because I love uh, I love his playing with gruesome and possessed. And sure. we have seen him. We play with Possessed in Europe and saw Daniel playing, hang out with him a little bit. He's a really cool guy. And I, I wanted, I told you, I wanted to, somebody that not just knows this music, but it's like knows it every drip of it, every like a sure. sponge. Uh, and Daniel is that guy. He grew up on those records, so he's gonna play them perfect, man. And he's a he's an awesome guy. Um, and I, I'm so I'm so glad that that we got him kind of like the perfect guy, really, to do that. Uh, Daniel fits like just perfect, you know. So uh, I think it's gonna sound fucking amazing. And sure. uh, and um, yeah, I mean, this is this is the closest you people will get from that time. This is this thing right now. They get the you get the original vocals, you get the original drumming. Um, some badass bass playing and some fucking amazing shredding guitar. rhythms right. uh, guitar. Yeah. So it's uh, all the all the elements are there. Uh, right. It, it, you know, a lot of the shows are, are selling out really good. good. Uh, um, and we haven't even announced the opening bands yet. We're still working on that right now. Sure. Uh, that's coming up. That's coming up next. But uh, okay. uh, that's going to be cool. Man. It's going to be a fun um, I'm just I I feel it's a little short. I feel we're gonna need to do part two. Okay. No Florida day. There was some I was I was reading the other day. Uh, my wife showed me some some posters. Uh, um, some some guys in the internet. Fuck these clowns! No Florida date, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. It's a,
3: it's with it's with love, you know. They call it you say like, fuck these clowns with love, you know. It's like right. It's, He's pissed off cuz we're not playing there he loves it, and he's got to like be like matter like fuck these clowns no florida you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it man I love it I fucking I, I thought this is so cool we have to go play there now we have
0: absolutely to,
3: just, because, just because of that guy
0: <laughs> right <laughs> very nice well with, with this lineup that you're putting together for tour is there possibility that this stays together to become a new Cavalier conspiracy type of a release? And I mean, I know you're doing 8 million bands at once, but right. could this potentially be Cavalier conspiracy number what would that be six.
3: I have a collection of headphones and bands. I collect both. Um, <laughs> pe- people collect baseball cars and, and I collect bands and headphones. Um, am <laughs> just, just fucking around. Um, um, yeah it would have been cool I mean I don't know we don't know what's um what's happening in the few I mean, there's a lot of things on the play i got I got new Soulfly coming august 5th right. which is the day after my birthday I'm super excited about it I love the record it is totally uh up my alley of where my head is musically run out right all sure. all the elements are there uh I'm working with my son right now on new go ahead and die um that there's already been talking a little bit with the Killer BQ guys. We wanna try to do some dates uh, sometime next year. Um, but at at some point we're gonna have to uh, do something with Cavallera Conspiracy. So uh, we'll see. This this sounds very tem- tempting to to have these guys be part of the next record whenever we do the next record. But uh, we're not there yet. You know, we're like oh, yeah. right now we're we're on concentrate on this tour. So I kind of go like little by little. I don't go too, I don't look too much further sure. ahead because so right now it's like the tour. So let's get let's hit it hard. Do right, last week on this tour, and then Soulfly comes out. We're probably gonna do a shitload of stuff with that, right? Uh, and then we we'll see what happens later. But yeah, definitely. Um, uh, uh, this is definitely a cool, um, cool lineup that for for this record gonna be perfect.
0: Absolutely. Uh, one last question, Max, before I let you go. Um, obviously, there's so much musical talent under the name Cavalera right now. Between your son, between Richie, between Igor, you know, there there truly is a Cavalier, maximum Cavalera, as you and I joked before we got started, that is available. Is there thought at some point of doing that, of bringing all of the Cavaliers in, whether it's for a song or a show or an album or any of that? Have you talked about doing something
3: like that? We haven't really, you know, made anything concrete or official. I mean, we had a we had a tour a couple of years ago that was actually called Maximum Cavalera.
0: Right. I
3: don't know if you remember. I did. That was cool. That was with. I think was uh, uh, Insight, Lodi Kong, um, right? I think was Soft Life, I'm not mistaken. But um, definitely, man, and I feel good. You know, I feel kind of like, you know, I'm I'm already passing the torch. Like, oh, you guys run with this for a little bit. I'm getting old. I'm gonna jump on that <laughs> motor home one of these days, and you're not gonna see me for a year. Me and the me and the old lady gonna cruise the country, <laughs>
2: right? Uh,
3: I'll see you guys in a year from now. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm getting up there. You know, it's like I've been touring hardly hard for 35 years. Sure, uh, needs to slow down a little bit. So I think I might slow down the next couple of years. But I feel that they 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 you know we're in good hands. You got you got Richard tearing down with the inside. Igor mm-hmm. um, is tearing down with with the healing magic. Um, writing books and his band is awesome. I love the whole Henny Magic vibe. Sure. Uh, and then you have Zion uh, drumming. His drumming on the New so Fly is incredible, like really, really. I remember the guy in the studio was even making, uh, commenting like, man, this, your kid plays like Kid Moon. He's like the Kid Moon of metal, you know? And I was nice. like, "That's that is cool. That is, that's a cool thing to hear. Uh, from from an engineer that was just watching uh the kid play you know um and zion is all about the energy he's not a very technical drummer but he brought he brought a lot of energy the way he plays is very free spirit very kind of like a wild animal you know so i capture a lot of that uh on the on the new soulfly record whenever is how you guys can hear but
2: i feel yeah
3: i feel like we as 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 a as a father I did my I did my job I brought them I brought them up the metal way I right. kept them away I kept them away from pop and country <laughs> music and right hip hop and hip-hop as much as I could and definitely told them you guys are not gonna be lawyers you guys are not gonna become doctors you guys are gonna be rock and rollers
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> very nice man which is well, you did I-
3: which is a bad, bad, uh, almost like a bad uh, influence on them. You know, you want most, most dads want their kids to become doctors and lawyers and yeah, but uh, respectable m- members of society. But uh, I, I think what we do is actually also benefit society in a in a really cool way. I think people sure. need metal, people need music. It's to mm-hmm. get the mind away from all this bullshit. You need right. that. You need that metal, and so we are in a way some somewhat public servants of, of some sure. kind, you know, we help well, people through the, through the meadow. So I think that's, that's really cool.
0: Sure. And, and to be honest, most dads can't say, well, I've played in front of 70,000 people and, or, you know, rock and Rio or whatever. I mean, you've set the bar pretty high for them. It would be hard for you to say, yeah, don't do that. Instead go and, uh, you know, go be a doctor or something.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it just, it just wouldn't happen. And, uh, Um, uh, so I'm just glad that the way they turn out this certain way, and we have a real truthfully metal family, man, that's not fabricated. It's not made up. It's not fake. It's real. You know, it's like on everybody's comes out of everybody's heart a little bit different from each one of them. They all all have their own idea of of metal, and I think that's also kind of cool, um, how how zion is a little bit more old school like right. he likes more like black sabbath and um iron maiden um mm-hmm. deftones but by touring with bands like 200 stab i saw him really going on that and checking sure. them out and and became a fan of them so, so i can see him now and listen to some more of that stuff while Igor is already all there, he's all into this extreme metal shit. Sure. He listened to all that heavier, brutal stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool to have a. It's because it's kind of something like I always kind of like, like, dream. Because when I lived in Brazil, my family was very metal. My mother was like the matriarch. Okay. Um, she was the, the metal mom. We had like 20 kids in my house. It was a. It was a freaking zoo uh, <laughs> and and my mom would take care of all of us and I always liked that so I kind of when I moved here I kind of wanted to make something similar with the family sure. um, and, and uh, now we got something like that which is really cool and I, I love it you know some people have to say you should guys you guys should do a reality tv uh, tv show like the Osborne type right shit. but nah I like it more like way it is you know right (laughs) (laughs) i i i I don't know if we cut out for that but uh i love the fact that we're all everybody kind of works for for the music for the metal you know um they go on tour they sell shirts and and they do crew work and um everybody like in in a way is involved with the band or metal in, in its own different way and i like that a lot
0: Absolutely. Well, Max, uh, obviously, man, this great new tour is coming. It starts May 22nd in Albuquerque. It is the Return Beneath Arise tour. It is going to be fantastic. Can't wait to see it myself. And uh, Max, where should we tell people to go to keep up with you and your various projects and tour dates and all that stuff?
3: Well, I'm not that much social media kind of guy, but I know there's some things that people can get uh information from either um cavallera conspiracy instagram or or uh gloria cavallera facebook or uh-huh. nuclear blast uh facebook instagram all those um yeah you know but uh, uh I, I think it's gonna be great. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to play these songs. It's like gonna be like going in a jumping in a in a time machine and going right back to nineteen ninety-one. Right. With all the all the sweat, the blood, and the energy. It's <laughs> gonna be freaking insane, man. I cannot wait. It's gonna be Absol- awesome.
0: Absolutely. Well, one more time. The tour is Return Beneath the Rise. It is uh Max and Igor Cavalera. And uh you definitely wanna get out there and check it out. So go get your tickets. And Max, um, once again, man, it's always a pleasure to have you here on Crusade Presents.
3: Thank you, Chris. I'll see you on the road, my brother.
0: What's up, everybody? It is Chris Aiken, and I just wanted to let you know of a special deal I've got going on for this bad boy right here. There it is Judas Priest Cause and Effect Turbo my book on the album Turbo from the band Judas Priest. Um, I just uncovered a box with a few more copies of it that are autographed, so if you have been waiting and looking for an autographed copy of Cause and Effect Turbo by me, it is now available for a very limited time. Like I said, I only found a few copies, but if you want a copy, it is yours for the having. So just go over to chrisakinbooks.com and It's right there for purchase. Just click on the one that says autographed copy, and it's all yours, all right? So get it today one more time. Where is it. There it
3: is. Cause and effect turbo. My book on Judas Priest. Peace.